0: Welcome to SMPD, the podcast where we look back at the cartoons that shaped our childhood. This episode, we are going to be looking at Disney's Chippendale Rescue Rangers.
1: Yeah, um, this one I've been looking forward to for quite a while, um, not least for because it meant re-watching um, yeah. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Um, full disclosure, um, as a child um, of about eight um, my family went to, to Disney World in Florida and me and my brother basically followed Chippendale around the park for three days.
0: Chippendale are super popular characters. People don't realise it because they're minor, like in the grand scheme of things, they're they like second tier Disney characters, I guess. Yeah. They're not one of the Fab Five, you know, they're not a Mickey or a Goofy or anything like that. But, I mean, I'm I'm a big theme park nerd and you go to those parks, man, and Chippendale and are everywhere. Yeah.
1: Everywhere. And I think there's so many different iterations as well because like you had, when we were out there the first time, it would have been 19, 19- one ish um, and Rescue Rangers was still about it, it was in syndication, it didn't, I mean, it was still on a lot of here. We'll come into dates to date this later, yeah. um, but it was, super, it was still highly popular. But there were so many iterations you had Chippendale, who were just the naked checkmums who ran around in all the Christmas films and didn't talk. Yeah. Then you had Chippendale, the Rescue Rangers characters, then you had in that other costumes from all yeah. the parades and shit that were going on. So they were absolutely everywhere. To the point yeah. where you could just spend your day doing Chip and Dale spotting around
0: the park. Oh yeah, they they are literally everywhere. I mean, Chip and Dale's characters are great anyway. They yeah. are my personal favourites, I think, of the of the Disney short family then. Um I love them as characters, I love them as rescue rangers even more. Yes. I think they are fantastic. And especially because we'll we'll come into it in more detail when we look at the show later on, but the characters don't alter. All they do is put costumes on them. Yeah. They're still absolute dickwads. They're <laughs> They're They just really are. And the fact that they're being cast in this hero role and they just happen to wear these outfits is hilarious. I mean, they're not noble or anything. Absolutely. absolutely. Well, you say that. Well, they kind of are because they're doing good, but they'll still squabble amongst themselves and one-up each other.
1: The only evolution you really had in these characters was
0: the fact that they went from little gibberish talking to actually being able to speak. But even so, I mean, like, if you're gonna go in and watch this show after we talk about it, if you've already watched it before, you'll know this. But just fair warning, going in, this thing needs a fucking translator because oh, although yeah. they're talking in English, like those voices yeah. are harsh. Well, if
1: you if you think back to um, when you had audio sets and you used to copy one to the other, you had high speed you yeah, doing double speed. That's what they. That's saying, what right? they did. Yeah. Um. So they recorded Tress McNeil and Corey, somebody whose name I can't remember, Corey Burton. Um, they recorded them doing the lines, and then they sped it up by one and a half times. Wow, I didn't realize that's what they um, did. Yeah, so they basically just went, "Fuck it." Yeah. They need to be supersonic. You need to be able to not understand the bastards. Yeah. And it'll make it funny. Yeah. Uh, and that's what that's exactly what they did, and then you had because you had the other characters were all, under, completely understandable, completely normal. Yeah. It was just it the was just ones. those two, and it was the evolution from where they were just and pickering yeah. amongst themselves and the sort of the violence of the humour was more physical. Mm-hmm. Um, this time it, you, know, you had the language there, but it wasn't you it wasn't so far removed from the characters that, uh, No 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 the mm-hmm. characters
0: are the same. They're constantly bickering amongst themselves. Yeah. Um, I mean it used to be that they would fight over acorns and stuff like yes. that. They'd, they'd work together to get an acorn or something and <coughs> yeah. they would fight over it. Now it's more a case of they both vie in for gadget's attention. Yes. Um, so but but they're still fighting. Um, but anyway, yeah, to, to jump onto it then, it was part of uh, what was called, in the States, the Disney Afternoon Block.
1: It was the Disney Afternoon Block. Um, it came about, uh, Gummy Bears was already established and DuckTales had come on and done really well. So um, uh, the Disney Channel decided they wanted more shows that they could um, pin their, their programme on. So you had um, Chippendale, DuckTales, um, Gummy Bears, uh, Double O'Duck, which became Darkwing Duck, yeah. and one other, which I can't remember what it was, um, but they basically, there were, there were five programmes that they um, they ran through. Um, I in mean, re- this Goof Troop. But I'm not sure goof it Troop was, was later. part of the afternoon block. No, it wasn't. <laughs> goof Troop was much later. Um, um, but yeah, it was always... Um, I've lost a page from my book. I mean... Um, yeah, so it was... Um, DuckTales, Talespin, was it one. Ah, oh, Talespin, of course. Which, yeah, we, yeah, I, mean, I can't remember really Forgot Talespin, yeah. because that's another one on our list, and it's another one of my favourites. Um, but yeah, so they made this afternoon block, and that's, that's what we had. So they, they made enough episodes of each of these to go into syndication. Yeah. So there were three series of um, Rescue Rangers, which all aired within eighteen months. And so it started in nineteen eighty nine and it was all done by nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sixty five episodes, and they went to syndication for three or four years, um, and then went around the world as well. So I mean, they yeah. it was it wasn't a massive show, and we talked about this with Rugrats before that. They get to that sort of sixty five, seventy episodes, and they go, "Yeah, fuck it, that's enough." Yeah. A lot of the time, then they go, oh, "Actually, we can cash in on this a bit more." Disney didn't do that.
0: They just went, "You know, we've got enough. We'll move on to other projects." Disney not cashing in. Well, yeah.
1: Wow. I'm not cashing in
0: on something they already had. And when. Eisner-y or Disney not cashing in as yeah. well. Well, I'll come on to Eisner, but it's a good story about Eisner. Um, with, uh, there's, there's always a good story about <laughs> Eisner, no
1: matter what you're talking well, about. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, but, yeah, so they went, well, we've got other things now. We, you know, they had, um, no, they've gone on to Goose Troop, they had uh, recess and stuff like that. Yeah. And they're moving it away from the animal cartoons and incidents of the human stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, that was i said say, Disney not cashing in doesn't really compute, but no. um, I'm not, talking of cashing in with, with Chip and Dale, I still have, um, I think it's my brother's house at the moment, We when we were at Disney World, we bought Rescue Ranger, but plush toys, yeah. my brother had Chip and I had Dale, it's only some 8 or 9 inch plush thing, but yeah, it's near enough, 30 year old, it's still there, it's still immaculate, wow. um, I think it's the only Disney thing we've still got left, but... Yeah. I said make sure made sure we kept that um, but yeah so I mean it was part of um, it's part of a well established block and so these shows went on for years and then um, once they finished and went into syndication um, I say, think I think they were still running DuckTales until about well, 2004 on Toon Disney I mean DuckTales is the one that... not DuckTales which, actually, no yeah. and DuckTales was around longer because then they re- re-
0: rebooted it didn't they yeah well it's just been rebooted again as a series I mean they're like shorts at the moment but I think DuckTales is the one that most people gravitate to there and go to is like that was the pay show. I think people will always remember Scrooge McDuck. I, th- uh, I think the, it's just money the, the, the money, theme- the money uh- It's the theme tune with DuckTales as well let's be honest about it although I will make an argument that this has a far better th- the Rescue Rangers theme the tune, theme tune is, is superb. It's better but it's not as memorable. as the problem. I think yeah. I think that's probably it. Um but yeah it was it was part of the afternoon block uh, and this being called SMPD you wouldn't think that really fits, being it's not Saturday morning. But, I mean, for us, these these Disney shows, these are the absolute essence of those Saturday morning shows. Me, I mean, yeah. my earliest memories of weekend TV, like, absolute earliest, mm. I remember Gummy Bears used to be on what was then a Disney show yes. on my TV on a Sunday morning. Yes. And I would get up early just to watch Gummy Bears and then the same with now Rescue Rangers used to be on on a Saturday morning eventually yeah. it would go through into the afternoons yeah. once it was submitted. but originally it was on Saturday mornings as was DuckTales these were on early in the morning before you'd get like your like and kicking and stuff like yeah, that yeah it was
1: sort of the, the precursor it would be on from about 7 o'clock in the morning Yeah, yeah. and you had you know, Timmy Mallet and people like that sort of putting the show on Yeah. and then it just, to introduce the cartoon to sort of drag the show out to the
0: longer yeah. um, but yeah the, these were the, the ones that sort of certainly for me started it all I think yeah I I would agree as well I mean I am as if if you listened in the past you'll know I am a Disney nut always have been Uh, and so these shows are very very special to me because this I didn't start I wasn't gravitated to Disney through the animated features Mm. I came through this this was my way in these shows Rescue Rangers DuckTales Goof Troop especially is a favourite of mine this is what opened Disney up for me yeah
1: I mean, like, well, we've talked before about other shows and things that are sort of very early ones for us. Like the, the earliest ones I remember are things like um, He-Man and Thundercats. And I loved those shows, but they were, I, didn't, I wasn't as interested in them. Because I watched them and they were on and they were great and I loved them. And in later life I went back to them and if not, I've grew. you Stuff and I said, Stuff that I remember,
0: specific bits of these shows, like yeah. the Disney shows, getting up on a Saturday and Sunday morning to watch them. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I, I remember He-Man and Thundercats, as you've said, very fondly. And, and I remember them being a big part of my childhood. But I can't picture myself sat down in front of the TV watching He-Man in the same way that I just said I can with gummy bears. Oh. Or I can see myself watching Goof Troop of an Afternoon at my grandmother's house. Yeah, I know where I was when I was watching these, probably because I was slightly older by the time this yeah. afternoon block came around. Um, and also because, as you said you tie that into like the first time you go to a dis if you're lucky enough, the first time you go to a Disney World and you see yeah. these characters everywhere. And mm-hmm. then it, it piggybacks off into the features as well. And then yeah. you see people like Chip and Dale crop up in Mickey Mouse shorts that would be on over a bank holiday. yeah, And then you, you think see, Scro- Mickey yeah, you see like Scrooge that. pop up in that. And so all of a sudden, it's this connected Disney universe at large that yeah. all of a sudden you go, oh, okay. And, and you do feel that there's more going on there and you can see that you know, in the way later on you would see how Darkwing Duck would tie into DuckTales. Yeah. And there's a shared universe there, very obviously. Yeah. You know, and there's, I think these were the first shows that kind of did that. And I wasn't conscious of it at the time, but it was definitely something that I bought into. Yeah. Um, And in the same way with with Rescue Rangers, it is very clearly supposed to be The Rescuers, the TV show. Right.
1: Okay. I'll stop you there. When Tad Stones originally pitched it to Michael Eisenberg, it was a Rescuers spin-off. Clearly. Um, that was the whole point of it. And then I turned around and said, no, we've actually got a rescue sequel in production at the moment. Uh-huh. And being pre-internet and all the rest of it, it wasn't widely known that they were in the process of producing rescue Down Under. So this was written that the characters of Gadget and Monroe Jack were still there, and Fat Cat was still there, but they didn't have, um, they were going to use the Rescuers as the, the principal characters. Um, then, once that was sort of knocked on the head, it was a case of, well... Um, We'll, do, we'll still do it, but we'll use mice. Uh, they developed a show called um, Metro Mice. Same principle. Um, the leading character was a mouse, um, who's still dressed like Indiana Jones. Um, so it was Chip, but in uh, a yeah. mouse. Um, the Dale character was called something else. Uh, I've got it written down. Um, yeah, the Dale character was called something else. Still had the Hawaiian shirt. Still had the Mike P.I. look to it. Um, and, yeah, they still... Um, that went for it. The concept was the same. So, and Eisner went, Yeah, well, I really like the idea, is great, but we can't do that. So they said, Well, why don't we use established characters from the Disney universe that we've already got, we don't really use, and give them an outlet like we've done with DuckTales. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, you had Scrooge um, McDuck, and he had his own show. Mm-hmm. I know, we'll, give, we'll do the same to Chip And that's where Rescue Rangers came from.
0: That's Eisner, the producer in action. Yeah. I mean, Eisner's almost a swear word amongst the Disney fan community, and the guy really. Gets a lot of flack that I don't think he should. The guy is a super producer. Well, there's, there's no two no two ways about it. Look I mean, at what he did there. I mean, the rescuers. It's a lot of people fucking love the rescuers. I've only ever watched that twice. I'm not bothered. It's probably well not probably it is the rescuers is my least favorite Disney feature. I think it's boring. I think the characters are boring. Mm. I think it's drab. This show without Chip and Dale doesn't work no it
1: doesn't have the heart and I think the doesn't have the character yeah the, the stories would be the same you, know, you, you could still have the you, know, you still have um, Donald Drake and, and Plato and you can still have Fat Cat and yeah. um, Claudel mm-hmm. you can still have all of that but you don't have the heart that goes with it These yeah. you don't actually give a shit about the characters No, and I think that's because you had characters who people knew and recognised but all of a sudden you gave them their own personalities and you gave them something to hang it on Yeah, people engaged that Excuse me, a lot lot more than they did. I mean, if you look at Rescuers Down Under, better film than Rescuers, but really poorly
0: received and really poor box office comparatively because Mm. people didn't like the first one. I mean, I think you look at it, Bernard and Bianca as characters are... They're just boring. Yeah. They're boring. Um, Plus, on top of that, I mean, come on, especially if you're going on TV, there's only room for one mouse here. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do this, if you're going to dress any mouse up as Indiana Jones... It becomes Mickey Mouse's rescue... It, it yeah. has to be. That's it. How, how that doesn't even occur to people is, is ridiculous. Yeah. Um. I, but they wouldn't take a chance with Mickey that way, and they certainly wouldn't put him in these kind of situations. Um. But if nothing else, Rescue Rangers is very well written, which we'll come on to in, yeah. in a bit anyway. But just seeing, as we discussed right at the start of this show, just seeing Chip and Dale in those outfits is enough it's yeah. funny the characters are funny you dress them up as Indiana Jones and Magnum P.I. they're yeah. even funnier they share none of the traits of those characters they're basically cosplaying yeah that's it and it's hilarious yeah
1: I mean I get to the point where with um, Chip and you know, instead of having a whip because obviously you don't want to give yeah. a, 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 a children's character a bull whip he had a rope and he'd use it for, for swinging off things and climbing up things rather than, rather than using it as any sort of weapon yeah but yeah he wasn't he, he, they basically let him play Indiana Jones yeah um, Dale, was, there's, there wasn't, apart from the Hawaiian shirt, there was no reference to Magnum P.I. whatsoever. No, none whatsoever. Um, you know, so if it was a Hawaiian shirt, then it was just to make him as memorable as Chip. Yeah, he had to have an outfit. He had to have a gimmick. He, yeah. Um, because you can't have one dressed as Indiana Jones and the other one just as a naked chipmunk. No. Although it wouldn't have been naked because all the other characters had clothes, you wouldn't have him naked, but to put him in something script wouldn't have done him justice. It would have then been Chip and the Rescue Rangers.
0: They both have clothes, though, but they don't wear trousers.
1: Yeah, that's that Disney thing, though, isn't that? Yeah, but it's, it's but, a bit uh, weird, isn't it? But uh, I, but I if guess you, it's
0: like Donald Duck, isn't it? But, but, but then if you, Mickey wears shorts.
1: Yeah. If, if you look, I was going to say, the female characters will all wear something to cover their bottom half. Yeah. So Gadget has like a pantsuit. Uh, Minnie Mouse has a skirt, Daisy Duck has a skirt. All the male characters, bollock naked.
0: Well, no, Mickey wears shorts. Oh, Mickey has shorts. Goofy yeah. wears trousers. It's, it's only Donald. It's only do- of those
1: ones, but then you look at... Um, like, Monroe Jack didn't have trousers. should No, all oh,
0: right, in this yeah. yeah.
1: So um Fat Cat Fat Cat had a suit, but um then his henchman didn't have trousers. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Weird. Um But Disney design, you know, he's a, yeah. there are issues. Yeah. Um but yeah, so it is quite bizarre. But yeah, the, the the costumes are just there to give them a bit more flavour. They don't they don't need Yeah. They don't need them. I think it's just because everybody else had their costumes and to make it a bit make everything a bit more human. But um, it, yeah but you put them in clothes, you put them in an urban environment that people can identify with. So
0: having them running around
1: bollock naked wouldn't really... Uh,
0: I mean, it's, work. it's again, and, and you've got to credit to Eisner, really. I, I wasn't aware of that before you told me, but knowing that it was the Eisner era, if we'd had this conversation, I would have said this anyway. It's clearly, and it's very cool, it's high-concept Eisner filmmaking, and that is what yeah. it is. It's not enough to have a show called Rescue Rangers. Eisner's going to look at it and go, right... Dress him like Indiana Jones. Dress him like Magnum P.I. Yeah. Both now of which we, we own anyway.
1: Yeah. Both of which we own
0: anyway. So yeah. fuck it, why not? Nobody now we series. can sell it. And even if the show is crap, which it wasn't. It'll sell. Yeah, people will go, oh yeah, I know what that is. It's Indiana Jones and Magnum P.I. But they dressed as chipmunks. Yeah,
1: that's it. And I said Eisner gets a lot of flack. And a lot of the business he did when he was, um, when he was up higher up in Disney. Yeah, absolutely not great.
0: But as a producer, can't, you can't fault the guy. Eisner's Flack, um, I mean we'll go widely off topic here, but Eisner's Flack is primarily related to Parks and Resorts. He, he he absolutely decimated the Parks and Resorts Division, which is which is where the Flak he did not know what he was doing there. All he wanted to do was build hotels. Hmm. Um, nevertheless, he rescued the company from well, a yeah. face of absolute disaster. Like we wouldn't have a Disney today if it wasn't yeah. for Eisner. It would not so, exist. i certainly so not one paying four billion for
1: LucasArts Arts no, and, and, like, and
0: And when you really think about your childhood, if you're our age, mm. if you think about your childhood, it was built by Eisner. Without Eisner there's no little mermaid. Yeah. Which means there's no beauty in the beast, which means there's no Aladdin, which means none of that yeah. Disney Renaissance happens without Michael Eisner. Yeah. So the guy gets far too much flack and not enough credit. I, I agree billion. with
1: that. I mean even to a point where you sort of see a lot of shows of Lampoon him and the, the Family Guy did it spectacularly. Um,
0: oh yeah, the guy gets shit on.
1: Yeah, and that's as you said, Some of, some of it's deserved, but I think largely he doesn't get the credit he's, he's due.
0: No, no. Whereas conversely, now Igo is the second coming. You yeah. Know, I mean to be fair, okay, he, he's Mister Marvel and he's Mister Star Wars. So well, that's to it. be fair. And now
1: Mister Fox as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you no. Know, you you look at what they've done, but again, wouldn't have been able to do that had it not been.
0: No, had the groundwork not been made yeah. by Eisner. That's right. Anyway, while so, well, topic, no this yeah. is not the this is not the Disney podcast.
1: No. So that that'll come soon. Um, yeah, yeah. So, Rescue Rangers. actually, just give a bit of um, a bit of background. Do three seasons, um, sixty five episodes in total, um, which originally aired on the Disney Channel. Mhm. Um, ran from March fourth, nineteen eighty nine to uh, November nineteenth, nineteen ninety. So they literally just ran three seasons straight through. Straight through. Um, to a point we could have just called it a season mm. um, which um, Batman did the animated series yeah. season 1 was 60, about 70 episodes and then the other 40 episodes mm. were the other couple of series um, it, was, it started with a, uh, a pilot in 1988 called Cartridge Not Included which when they then broadcast the series that was the second episode broadcast mm-hmm. um, they also did a two hour event special um, to start the second series which was then broken down into five episodes um, called Rescue Rangers to the Rescue Really imaginative. Inventive, yeah, yeah. Um, it was their origin story, um, but it, for whatever reason, they played it as, um, as the start of season two. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it introduced a lot of the so the, 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 it showed the introduction to a lot of the characters as well. So it showed where Gadget and Monterey came into it, it showed um, the introduction to Fat Cat. Uh, it showed Donald Drake being framed by Claudine for the um, Theft of Ruby, and the mm-hmm. introduction of Plato, and all that stuff. Yep. so it had all these characters, and it, it introduced a lot of these characters, and a lot of the recurring themes that would come on, or uh, it showed you where they came from, because by this point you're already 20
0: episodes in, so you already kind of know it. And it kind of doesn't matter. No, that's right, I think... Again, it's high concept, and it's there's no real overarching story to Rescue Rangers, it's all Monster of the Week. It is. And it... It's it's concept. It's pure concept. It's pure eyes. the story, like it, the world at large and story, they don't matter here. Yeah. It's about. He's dressed as Indiana Jones. He's dressed as Magnum PI. She's sassy and invents things. He likes cheese. He likes cheese, and here's a mystery. Yeah. That's that's it. In twenty minutes, they'll wrap this mystery up. That's right. And everything will be back to normal. And we'll um, start again next week. It's yeah. high concept filmmaking, basically. Yeah.
1: But I mean, as 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 um. As an event, it actually went quite went over quite well. It was um let's say it was broadcast uh, between seasons two um uh, season one and two, and then um, when they went to syndication they broke it down into the five episodes. So, um, I it, it it was well received. It said it it meant that they just had something to hang yeah. on. It it was something that rather than just being okay, it's another episode. It's right, it's a yeah. it's a feature length episode. Um, but I said, it, it introduced characters, um, and it went a long way to explaining sort of where things started. So. How they became uh, how they got the name Rescue Rangers, because Blade named them, names and, um, how Fat Cat came to be separated from Cordain because he was in jail mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it it was, it was interesting backstory. It wasn't necessarily required. Yeah. No. But I think it just sort of gave a bit more cre- uh, credibility to the world, really. Yeah. Um, because there the were interactions with humans and into like that, so it just kind of went. There was so there maybe, something yeah. hang on. Um, so yeah, that was that was quite interesting. I've, um, I, had, I'd ne- I hadn't mm-hmm. realized... You look at it and you know, it, it looks like it's written as five parts of one story. It doesn't look like it's mm-hmm. one thing they've just sort of sliced up and like, yeah, that'll do, that'll do. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's quite organic in its nature that way, so that's quite good. Um, the characters, obviously, we've talked about Chip and Dale. Um, their designs were based on um, Indiana Jones and Magnum P.I. Um, Tress McNeil did the voice of um, of Chip. Um, a lot of these shows, we have tend to have Tress McNeil in them. Yeah. Um, funny that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Um, Traston me, trust me, Neal was the voice of Chip and also the voice of Gadget. Mm-hmm. So that must have been really awkward having some of the conversations. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the voice was sped up exponentially uh, to, to give the sound of Chip. Um, and I so said, he had the fedora, he had the bomber jacket and a rope rather than a whip. Yeah. Um, Dale was designed of Magnum P.I., voiced by Corey, Bur- uh, Corey Burton. Um, he was a prankster, he liked games and videos and things like that. He um, was particularly drawn to a comic book called Double O Duck, which yep. then became Darkwing yeah, Duck. It's so, um, again, tying into this, but again, making this of, they kind of rooted the universes all together, but Double Duck wasn't a character, Double Duck was real, yeah. so it wasn't so much a comic as being effectively affect- some retellings of the story, mm-hmm. um, but you never realise that, you always got the impression he was a character that he, yeah. he idolised. Um, Dale was always kind of seen as, he, he was portrayed as a bit of an idiot, um, yeah. as a bit of a slacker, he had moments of absolute brilliance. He's the comedy foil, essentially. He is, but there were some moments where he could spring ideas out of nowhere mm. that were usually pretty good. Yeah. Um, but he never got credit for them. No. Um, and I I probably, I always I always preferred Dale to Chip because I thought he was a he was a funnier character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you I kind of feel sorry for him because anything
0: he chose to do, it's just like yeah that won't work. See, it, it's interesting when you say it because my I, the chipmunks as they are my personal preference is also with Dale. However, in this context, he's not the one wearing the leather jacket and the fedora. No, this is true. So I tend to pull towards Chip, but only when they're dressed as rescue rangers. Yeah, when they're not, yeah, I mean, Dale is, is kind of the more mischievous, and, I mean, they're both mischievous, the, but Dale is just more fun a bit more fun. Yeah, yeah he, he's the one who pull the pranks, but like yeah, Chip yeah. is the one who will always react. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's the straight man, even though they're both kind of a little bit anarchic he is the straight man Yeah, that's it. he you know, it's you kind of give he's taken on that mantle of leader
1: so he can't yeah. he can't be himself he can't be as fun as he yes. has responsibilities that's so yeah. so um yes yeah, so that's kind of where that, that character came from um Monterey jack was an australian traveler um been around the world picked up gadget on the way to be friend of your fathers yeah um very addicted to hard cheese yeah, the cheese, is, the cheese thing is the cheese thing's really fucking weird, man. It is, and it's, it's because of the way it's presented and you know, cheese and yeah, the moustache yeah. goes and all that. It. Yeah, it's, it's how you re- start twirling. It's around, really yeah. funny and really slapstick, but it's a really good analogy of some of this the sort of stuff that's going on. I mean, if you think of the sort of the, the rise of sort of, um, recreational cocaine and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, it's a really it's a, it's a really good metaphor. Um, and also, it's quite funny because i have forgotten about this until we were watching a couple on um, on Tinder about this week that. Um, Dale has the same reaction to, to Candy. Yeah. And uh, Monterey Jack is always taking the piss of his lack of self-control. Yeah. And i have forgotten all about that until yeah, yeah. this week. Um, but yes, I mean, there was a, some... Jack is quite an interesting character because he's
0: got a bit of substance to him. I think Jack is most clearly the character that comes out of The Rescuers. Yes. Clearly he belongs in that world. Yeah, well that was, I mean... The, the rest of the characters were designed for that world
1: yeah. and evolved as Chip and yeah. Dale came into it. it. was only Chip and Dale who weren't originally part of it. Um, so yeah, he's you no know, he's very much you, you kind of get him. He's there. He's the muscle. He's the one who sort of, He'll start the fights and the, mm-hmm. he, make sure. I mean, he's the last one to leave. Make sure everybody else gets out safe from the rest of it. So yeah, you kind of you know, even when he's trying to scrap with the cats and stuff, where well, you know yeah. he's going to get eaten. Yeah. Um, but you still. But try he'll still have a go, yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, I mean, uh, at one Jack, he was um, voiced by two people um, Peter Cullen in the first yeah, season. Yeah, Peter and at Cullen
0: originally, yeah.
1: And at the last 11 episodes as well. Was, I didn't
0: realise Peter Cullen came back.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not sure why. There was not really, there's no explanation as to why. It's just he was the first season and the last 11 episodes. And then he had um, Jim, Cummings Jim Cummings and yeah. the rest of it, who also did most of the villains. So you'd think that he wouldn't want.
0: I mean, he's missed a Disney animation, really. Well, you yeah, you need true. a. <laughs> It he, is just you. You pick any Disney film or cartoon, and Jim Cummings is in there somewhere. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Doing
1: something. If if you if you're not sure who we're talking about, just IMDB Jim Cummings. Uh, I mean, he's he's everybody yeah. basically. That's it. um So yeah, and then um, the last the well the last two of the rest range is your Gadget, who was um, a fairly meek-looking, timid little farm mouse.
0: Ain't too much meek about Gadget. I said, I said looking. <laughs> look, there is. So, look, I'm just going to throw this out there. I've re watched Rescue Rangers as well for this, obviously. It's fucking, she's fucking hot, man. As mice <laughs> go. She's <laughs> fucking hot. Whatever like, floats you No, are, like, No, seriously. I know she's a mouse and shit, right? Okay, I'm not, I'm not saying bestiality is okay. But they fucking knew what they were doing, drunk. Of course they did. Of course they did. Um,
1: but the idea was she was supposed to look very mild and very timid and very meek. But then she comes out, and she's really, you know, she's really bright. She's really inventive. She's really sassy and feisty. Mm-hmm. But then she has these sort of giggly, you no, know, oh golly moments where you think, yeah, uh, yeah. that's where sort of the root of the character. Where there's some, sort of, yeah, you, it's to point where you think it, the the rest of it might be a bit of a,
0: a bit put on, a bit of an ass. Mm. It's and, it's a trope that I think this is the earliest place I can remember. I say remember seeing it. I probably didn't realise it at the time, but having rewatched it now, this is a trope that has, since this, occurred in several shows of this type. So, I mean, you see, like, the, essentially, yeah, the, the Giggly Farm Girl, who's also actually quite brainy and yeah. quite practical and engineer, and then you move that forward to your Fireflies and your Buffies, Yeah. And and those shows of the late 90s, early two thousand, and this trope appears again and again and again. Yeah. And it seems to have started here. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wasn't aware of I it I could time, be wrong, there might be something new earlier, but I can't think of anything earlier where I've seen this this trope employed, this this kind of girl next door yeah. who's, who's actually, I mean... Who's, who's actually, actually brilliant. Yeah, let's make no bones about it. She is the absolute brains of this outfit. Oh, and brilliant. without her, they are totally fucked. Yes. Absolutely no chance at all without... She always saves the day through something she's in bed. Yeah, she's she, always the one that puts the plans together. Yeah, she's the MacGyver of the group. Yeah, totally.
1: Oh, yeah, um, yeah, and you're right, it, at the, at the time certainly wouldn't have realized at the, the age i was but yeah you, you look at what came later on and you're absolutely right that the this of this relatable yeah but entirely strong and no this this female character you will never ever know in real life no came from this sort
0: of from this sort of development and i hadn't really thought about it and it, and it does occur again and again and again as as a trope the, the you know the brainy best friend it's, i mean it's quite insulting really yeah but it works from a story standpoint yeah you know, the, the actually, you know, the brilliant mind who just happens to be fucking smoking hot Yeah. for some reason, um, it, it just occurs again and again and again. Yeah, it's weird. That's it. Um, and as, as a result
1: of that, so both Chip and Dale, are, they, they both have crush on, them. they're always vying for attention, they're always trying to impress her, yeah. often to a point where it's really in a, a really inappropriate time and it fucks something up. Yeah. Um, well, it messes up part of her plan, which then obviously isn't going to impress her that much anyway. Um, and then the last one is Zipper, who I'd forgotten all about, um, Zipper's fucking boss, man. <laughs> he's amazing. I've forgotten all about Zipper. Yeah. Um, so, again, voiced by Corey Burton. He uh, was a housefly or a, a, a blue bottle or something. Yeah. Um, he a long term friend of Monroe Jack. Um, he does a lot of the small jobs. this, them. I know, there's, so, well, no, there's no job too small, but there's stuff that even the chipmunks can't get to. Yeah, he, he can there's get a in Zipper in. Yeah. Um, but despite the fact he's really small, he's, all, he's, he's really strong um, and he's very capable. Mm. Um, doesn't speak for most of think He, 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 he just, starts speaking he towards just the passes. end. I, suppose I think the last couple of
0: episodes, from what I read, he he actually speaks very eloquently, just doesn't do it very often. I can't remember that. I, don't I, remember I just that always idea. remember him as being non-verbal, but yeah. very expressive. I mean, yeah. will get. I'm sure we'll get onto the animation in a moment, but but yeah, very expressive, despite the fact he's not actually speaking English. Yeah.
1: Um, so that's why I remember. So reading up about it, um, the last couple of days, uh, apparently the last couple of episodes, they actually had him speaking, and he was very well spoken and very very oh, articulate okay. and eloquent. But to me, actually, that doesn't make a lot of sense because he didn't speak. He never spoke. He didn't need to speak. No. And that was the whole thing with the character. You always yeah. had to. to me, be that a... would ruin the character. Yeah, you, in in all. Sorry, most of Disney stuff. You always have that character that doesn't speak. That can't communicate. Yeah. Or can communicate, non-verbally. Yeah. You always have that. So to take that away, well, actually, yeah. He can speak that I, I can yeah. speak fourteen languages. So I'm yeah, uh, yeah. some sort of genius. That kind of spoils the character a little bit. Mm.
0: But,
1: um, yeah. So then, um, so they were your, um, your core characters, they were the Rescue Rangers. Then you had supporting characters, you had Sergeant Spinelli, um, and essentially they reused a lot of these names in, in other shows. So you had yeah. Spinelli and Recess. Um, but he was the police chief, um, inadvertently gives them a lot of their cases. Yes, Spinelli's
0: there a lot. He's a, he's a bit like the Chief Quimby. Yeah, he is. Um, He kind of sets up the, he the, the quest giver, essentially, yeah, yeah.
1: effectively. Um, also as a predilection for cheese. Um, so yeah Monterey
0: Jack was always trying to steal stuff off his desk from what I remember. yeah there was always food and there was always using yeah. the around and stuff like that
1: um, you had Kirby and Muldoon who were the um, they were the cops, the cops. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were always, they always kind of presented as being really incompetent and kind of bumbling but in reality they were quite, no, they were quite good because they always got to the got
0: again to use, to use tropes from other shows they bullock and Montoya
1: essentially yeah that's uh, yeah, <laughs> right sure. um, but yeah so they get to them. they. No, they are very highly decorated. They're yeah. very well respected because a lot of it's down to the work of the rescue rangers. Yeah. But no, they are the ones making the arrests and, and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, Tammy and Bink. Oh, I'd forgotten about Bink. I remember Tammy. Uh, I've forgotten about Bink. Um, Tammy, um, I kind of wish was some form of squirrel. Um, but she wanted to join the rescue rangers. Yeah. She had a massive uh, ying for Chip. Um, wanted to be one of them. Wanted to, always trying to impress uh, Chip. Again, you've ended up getting in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and pissed off Chip most of the time but again you saw it in a lot of um, cartoons at the time you used to get it with um, Elmira in um, Looney Tunes that she was so in your face and so tactile and the other characters got really fucked off with but at the end of there she was a character in her own right yeah. and, and Tammy was the same that she could hold her own and when it came to it, she did quite often um, and then you had her sister Bink who was um a slightly large toddler mm-hmm. um, again she kind of got in the way and used to hang around and but know, they were quite integral to a lot of the stories and they were actually quite useful. As yeah, through. Um, And then Foxglove was um, one I, I remembered. I saw a picture and I remembered the character, but I couldn't remember anything of where she popped up. Um, Foxglove was a pink bat who only appeared in one episode. Um, yeah, I don't remember this character at all. Um appeared in one episode. She's um, a witch's familiar, um, falls in love with Dale and then switches sides and turns on the witch. Right. Um, and despite the fact she's only in one episode. Apparently, absolutely beloved by um, by the internet. I cannot remember. I I I when I saw the picture, I remembered the character. Maybe the I will with,
0: if I see a picture. I'll.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I, I'll I, Google it, Phil. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> no pressure. Um, yeah, I can't remember. I, can, I can't remember enough about the episode. I can't remember why um, she was so popular, but maybe it was the fact that she was showing a bit of t- attention to Dale and maybe um, and she actually switched sides to you know, to um, to help them. Which you didn't see a lot of, to be honest. There was always, every, the characters were very black and white. They were either good or evil.
0: Again, no real overarching story. And nobody really grew or or learned anything over no, the course right. of the show. So yeah, um,
1: there was no. Yeah, so I mean, I, it's it's a really fun one because I said, the, the character is some is something and nothing. And I like a lot of the characters never got seen again. Yeah. But for everything, people remember very fondly. Um, and then you had um, Donald Drake who I mentioned
0: who was the um, I do not remember Fox Club. I'm looking at pictures now I do not remember Fox Club. she looks like a fucking wuzzle <laughs> she doesn't I look like she, she belongs imagine she, she looks like she belongs in the fucking wuzzles
1: Yeah that's a, that's a fair assessment actually um, Yes yeah, so, uh, and then you had Donald Drake who was the, um, the detective the human detective Yeah um, He was framed by um, Claudine um, He was due to retire framed by Claudine for stealing a, a ruby I think or some other gem um, and then so then the, the origin story that starts season 2 was that story um, of how he was framed and how um, the, respirator, yeah. uh, the Respirators helped him solve it and put Claudine behind bars um, he retires at the end of right. um, Respirators to the Rescue um, Ro- voiced by Rob Paulson who again a lot of the shows we tend to talk to have Rob Paulson yeah. featuring I mean you, what you'll find a lot of the time here is that these, these actors were, well these voiceover artists were just drawing actors and they would go from show to show to show, and some of them got really lucky with some of the shows they went on to.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Disney particularly at this time, um, much like the Disney Channel today has all of the live-action shows going on, mm. and they don't have people in the contract there, so you just get the same people popping up everywhere and becoming these, these Disney Channel kids. Yeah. At this time, the Disney Channel was a lot of animation, and they were churning yes. these shows out, yeah. so they had just had people on book, basically. So these people just rocked up and did their voice. Yeah, hmm. fair enough. The only thing with that, I mean, you've got to get confused at some point which voices you do it. Uh, well, it depends as well on, I guess, how... And this is this is not to say that Jim Cummings is not versatile in any way because he is a fantastic actor and a great voice talent. But you know his voice.
1: Yeah, but if you think of, like... I mean, Tress McMay being a prime example. She, in this show, she did Chip and she did Gadget and she did a lot of supporting characters mm-hmm. as well. Then she goes off to do another show and then she has to come back and, and then she has back to come back, back again. and she has to go back and forth that's gotta be confusing you know I mean yeah okay as a, as a professional you can think right, okay this is how I do this one and you, you get yourself back into it but can you imagine you say right to, today I'm doing Chippendale tomorrow I'm doing Rugrats the day after I'm doing Bugs Bunny mm-hmm. yeah and then I'm back to Chippendale then I'm back to Bugs Bunny then I'm back to Chippendale again then back to something now I'm something completely new at some point your brain's just going what the fuck which fucking voice am I doing today who am I, yeah. who am I supposed to be this week yeah to the point where I'd imagine you get to, you get to the thing you're banging the head and you can't remember what your own voice sounds like. I guess that's the life of a job in actor. Well, yeah, not that we know. Really. Um, um, yeah. But yeah, I you, it's always struck me, certainly with, with voice actors, that it
0: must be really hard. Uh, it's it's a craft that gets nowhere near enough credit. It it's really is. Sense. They're not <laughs> voice voice actors and. I, I know this is top club at the moment, but voice actors really should be held in the same esteem as any other performer and they just aren't. Yeah. Just because you can't see them doesn't mean they're not performing. Well that's it, I think you you look at
1: it now as well. I mean you look at um, animated films now and there's there are always stars attached, you always know who's in it. It's always very well publicised who does these voices. Whereas even up as far as probably I think probably The Little Mermaid and that sort of area, you it it wasn't sold on who was doing the voice, it was sold on the film. Yeah. So it was only I think it's only when Toy Story really came out they actually started hanging it on. You've got Tom Hanks in this one. Yeah. Um, and that has now become a same point. It's become recognized that the you, know, you have to have you know you need good actors and obviously the, the, the more recognized actors the ones you see on screen as well as ones who do voices. Yeah. But no, it's it's become recognized that it's so important. Whereas previously I think a lot of it was there's a bit of snobbery as well. You do proper acting or you do voice acting or you do commercials. Yeah. And TV somewhere in the middle.
0: Yeah, whereas,
1: um, whereas... now, it's like, oh, fucking hell, it's... Well, acting is acting. Exactly. Um, unless it, well, one of these
0: sort of shapes, Shakespeare theatre people that end film, yeah. Yeah, but again, you know, there, are, there are different approaches and so, yes, acting for screen is very different to acting for a live audience. Yeah. And I'm sure voice acting is, not that I've ever done it, but it's very different, again, to acting for film or a live audience. Yes. But the craft is essentially yeah. the same. You're still acting. Yeah, you are still embodying a role. Yeah, you're still bringing a character to life. Yeah.
1: The fact that so the fact that you're not physically doing it, or your your movements aren't doing it, you still it still owes a lot to you, and yeah, yeah, it's, it's always been a fascinating one. Uh, but anyway, um, moving on. Um, Plato was the, um, the bulldog uh, who was um, Donald Drake's um, police dog, mm-hmm. um, voiced by Alan Oppenheimer. Now I know the name, but I can't think what he's done. Um, again, I think there's a lot of cartoon stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, he was Drake's dog. Retired at the end of Rescue Rangers with um, with Drake. He was the one who gave them the uh, the name Rescue Rangers. Well, okay. um, at the end of that five part uh, thing, he said they would rescued them, they should be called the Rescue Rangers, um, not the rescuers. Um, but um, yeah, not the rescuers, absolutely. Absolutely not, not the rescuers. By right, no no stretch of the imagination. Um, Tate was also nicknamed the the Crime Bite because he used to uh, that's how he used to catch people was to was to bite them in the ass and to hold uh, lock he used to hold them in his jaws until they could then be arrested. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he was um, feared and revered, uh, and in much the same way that um, Claudine went after Drake, Fat Cat went after Plato, okay. in, in that um, in that fight fight episode. Um, so yeah, so those were supporting characters, and they were, obviously the, ma- the majority were police characters, and then you had one off um, people victims of crime effectively who were brought in um, every week or, or, or the, the criminals yeah. were always the same one You always had the same
0: other um, sort well it was always yeah there was always Fat th- yeah, uh, Cat there was a rogues gallery essentially yeah. that, that they could choose from much in the same way that something like Batman had his rogues gallery yeah. this would be the same but the crimes were always kind of I wouldn't say they're minor but they were always a bit out there they were but they were always really
1: convoluted plans Well, yeah. Because all good supervillains need a convoluted plan. Well, that's it. I talked about the um, the theft of the ruby in uh, Rescue the Rescue. The theft of the ruby, which in itself should have been fucking priceless and all the rest of it, that wasn't the intent of the crime. The intent of the crime, they needed that to do something to get into the Federal Gold Reserve to rob all the world's gold. Okay. So, again, why not just have a plan to steal all the gold?
0: Because they had five episodes to film. But you know, <laughs> it, 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 that's why.
1: But they were always that sort of really convoluted plan. Um, it was the same as Professor Newmall. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Uh, the evil professor. Yeah. Again, they were always really convoluted. Like he was kidnapping cats because he needed to generate static electricity to do something else. That's the one with the robot dog, isn't it? Yeah. That episode is fucking awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, it was there was nothing that was ever straightforward about the crimes. They were always really. And I don't know whether
0: it sort of. Those robot dogs, you've set me off on one now. <laughs> I remember them being a pain in the ass in the, in the Nintendo game. Yeah. Because they were like, just like when you had the Turtles game and the mouses would show up. Yeah. It's like, these are not really important characters, but it looked good in a video game. And those robot dogs were every fucking way. They were a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, so. I can't remember what Yeah, sorry. Total tangent. <laughs> yeah, completely threw me off there. Um, but yeah, then the plots were always really convoluted. And I suppose that you look at it, you look at any sort of detective show or any crime show today. And they, th- they have these things and they're massive twists. No, they throw these massive twists in and these red herrings everywhere. But they don't change the MacGuffin halfway through. No. And that kind of tended to be what these were. It was like, okay, we're looking for this ruby. And then when they found the ruby halfway through, it was like, oh yeah, we've got the ruby, but that's not the big problem. Yeah, I mean... It's kind of just like there to
0: drag things out. Yeah, yeah. I, as I alluded to um, earlier on, there's clearly... It, the, of all the shows we've looked at, I think this is probably the most family oriented whereas we've been able to pull some stuff out with some of the other ones that yeah. for instance uh, dog Canyon works on a very adult level actually when you watch it yeah. and then something like Button Moon clearly works on a, a preschool level yeah. when you watch it this one is pitched firmly in the middle Yeah. it's there's nothing particularly intelligent for adults but there's also nothing particularly slapstick or childish for kids apart from the cheese apart from the cheese yeah which is just fucking weird yeah um and the writing kind of has to reflect that, but I think they actually do a very good job in just using a, a traditional story structure every episode and, mm. and firing it through. And so, yes, okay, we do get to the middle of Act 2, and it's like, okay, but now we need to go somewhere else before we wrap this up. Yeah. And, you, you know, if if you're savvy enough to the way that, that writing for screen works, you can see the bones of that in every episode. And that yeah. doesn't mean it's bad, it just means no. that it's... Professional, yeah, and I mean, not I mean, actually I mean, think it's quite good. Yeah, for and, the thing
1: think with that, I mean, if you're throwing sixty-five episodes out, you kind of need a formula to work to because yes. uh, otherwise, it, it, things then take too long. Yeah. If you have a structure and you have a framework, you can go to, then you just say, right, okay, well, the, the crime is this, the victim is this. We we get to this point, this happens. We get to this point, this happens, and
0: then we wrap it up. Yeah, you need your switch in the middle of act two, yeah. and then we follow back action and then it gets wrapped up. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it, it,
1: it, it's not a bad thing. It just. It, some of the way that they went about it, I think because the, because they were trying to appeal to kids, some of it was a bit like mm, a bit over the top and a bit too much. Yeah, like, I, like, like kidnapping cats to make electricity. It's a bit now, it's yeah. a bit, it's a bit, I won't say far fetched because they're talking chipmunks,
0: but you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, you have to work within the confines of the world as well. Yeah, yeah. talking chipmunks, um, but it's again, it comes back to that slick eyes in a production machine as well. Yeah. We're not gonna waste weeks and weeks and weeks writing one episode. Here's your format, bash the script out, yeah. hand uh-huh. it over to animation, they'll do their things, mm. get some voice talent off book, they'll mm. do their thing. There's your episode a month later. Yeah. Or whatever their production window yeah. was. And like we, we but it was that Yeah, like
1: we talked before about Rugrats, um, as an example that the start to finish was three months. Yeah. And I no mean, you're churning out sixty five episodes in sixteen months. You haven't got time for that.
0: No. No, I mean, these these shows, um, I mean, as we... Eventually, I'm sure we'll get to all of these Disney shows, but the one thing that will constantly hold them head and shoulders above the other stuff we talk about, whether you like the show or not, is undeniably the production quality of it. Yeah. The the quality of the animation in these shows is fucking astounding for a TV cartoon. Yeah. It's not at the Disney feature animation level. No. But it's not too far off, and that is because they they did it all in house. It wasn't shipped off to China. Yeah. The Disney animation department were churning these things out. Yeah, and we we they talked had about this. We talked about
1: this when we had did um, Maniacs yeah, yeah. a couple months ago. Um, that that was sort of effectively feature quality animation. But that, mm. so what you had there, the, the production value that was huge, and we talked about so the the Disney B team effectively, which yeah. is sort of the Disney TV stuff so yeah. happening. But it's all of that. So it's all. Pretty much on the par, so you know what you're getting. It's not, you know. I mean, some of the shows we talk about, like Batman, is they they had dropped frames, their problems yeah. with the animation, their problems with the colouring, the inconsistencies. You never saw that in. Any no, of the not shows. at all. Um, and again, you sort of look at that I think that's actually shows how committed they were to producing this. Um, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of companies, especially in the early we'll do TV because we need we need output, but we're not really that mm-hmm. like bothered. We want to concentrate on features, we want to concentrate on whatever else. But you never got that with Disney. It was always this is our product, we're going to make the best fucking product we can. Yeah, every absolutely. Fucking week.
0: And this is how we do it. It's a tried and tested method Yeah. and it will be consistently of the same quality. Now, if you like that or not, that is personal preference and yeah. it's up to you. Absolutely. But this is our bar and this is where we work to and this is how we do it. Yeah. There's something that's slightly sterile about that and, and so then that does come down to the individual. I buy into that in a big bad way. Yeah. I love these Disney cartoons so it works for me there are equally people that will dismiss it instantly yeah. fuck that that's Disney that's for kids that's right there are people that will do that and yeah. that's fine that's yeah. their product. Yeah. it's not for
1: them and you always get that. you get that on all walks of life you get that yeah. with um, Apple and Microsoft and you get yeah. that with Google and, and, and with Android and, and iPhone and stuff yeah. that. you'll always get that so that there's either a yes or a no and that's, 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 that's it's that's, Coke or Pepsi yeah. Yeah. that's entirely yeah. that's entirely down to personal preference but you can't deny the quality no not at all um, and so that shows up here and it's, when you, even when you move into the next batch of shows I think by the time the next batch of anime or the next generation of anime shows came out I think like Goof Troop um, which is slightly later uh, Recess and a couple of others they were they, they weren't as vivid they weren't as bright they weren't as bold it was all very safe animation to yeah. a point where you got the impression they were churning it out at a rate of knots just to get yeah. quant- the content out
0: rather than... I think quality. there's a slight shift there as well in in the creative side of these shows. Um, I mean, the, the animation studios were shut down hmm. to start with. Um, but by the time you get to a goof Troop, as compared to this, the focus is most definitely on the writing team yeah. and not the voice talent and the animation department. We'll come on to goof Troop in its own show. But there is a lot more going on in goof Troop than yeah. there is in most of these cartoons. Um, we'll, we'll come on to that when we get yeah, to but Guftrub is far from here's an adventure of the week Yeah, it's it's not that at all uh, and to be fair recess sort of the same as well um, but anyway we'll, we'll get onto to those when yeah we uh, to... they're different answers yeah. Um, so yeah the, we
1: talked about the villains it was always at the Rose Gallery the main ones were Fat Cat and his, mm-hmm. uh, his henchmen um, and Professor. I said, I want to say Newman, but I can't remember. Yeah,
0: who it, is. it was Newman. I I always thought it was Newman, but that would
1: be Seinfeld. So it's probably Newman. Yeah, <laughs> um, or would be Garfield. Uh, yeah, um, but I'll do him first because we we'll talked about him briefly. He was the only human who ever really interacted.
0: Yeah, because generally, even though there's humans in the world, yeah, they just ignore all the animals. Yeah, they just wild, like we would ignore wildlife on the street, or maybe go up and go, ah, oh, look, it's a chipmunk. Yeah, they don't actually interact with them.
1: Yeah, and he he was the only one who seemed to recognise that they was they were scented and they, they understood what was going on and they were directly in, in,
0: interfering or getting involved I in mean, things. To be fair, like as I say, as, as humans, we would say, oh, look at the cute chipmunk. Like, but if you see a chipmunk wearing a fucking fedora or a Hawaiian shirt, but all the but
1: all the animals in that world were close.
0: Yeah, true, I suppose. So you'd probably
1: be more amazed to see a naked one. Yeah. Because, no, they all were close. Um, Like a fat cat had his suit and a gadget had her little cat suit or whatever
0: it was. So as humans, are we dressing those animals? Well, no, they're dressing themselves. But what happens with pets? Who dresses the pets? Do the pets choose their own outfits?
1: I don't know. Because the the pets all had outfits. Like a play doh dressed as a police dog and a fat cat had his suit and... So yeah, I don't, I don't know what's the answer to that.
0: Uh, these are questions that need answering. There's, these are the there's a questions. gap in the world here.
1: See, no, this is where many guys are on the
0: show. Yeah, yeah. Eisner didn't get this far. Eisner just went, put a hat on him. <laughs> yeah, make him look a bit like that one. Yeah, that's fine. How much does it cost to make a hat? 10 pence? Right, charge an extra pound. Yeah, that's right. Eisner's <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. involvement. That's it. Um, but yeah, so, um,
1: talking about Neil, Um his plans were very. Um, they were quite. T- Serious, but they 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 lacked a lot of logic. Mm-hmm. Um, I said they were they were hugely convoluted. Um, so so I've there was a, a there was a laser to make a gelatinous mold be used to cause an earthquake. Um, said there was kidnapping cats to make static
0: electricity to. Um, to but but I mean these are all this is all super villain shit why well, would you just try and make static electricity when you could kidnap cats as well what well, yeah, why that's do that? it,
1: that's yeah. It. So, I mean that's it they're all very complicated but he was the only one who was ever really aware yeah. that the animals were doing anything uh, they didn't really for me they didn't ex- do enough to explore that
0: the fact that he was aware of them and again I just don't think that I agree I would like to see that but it wasn't that show it was about it doesn't matter why he does that he's a villain they're heroes That's in a fight sell some action figures it's Yeah. Cool. true Buy a theme park ticket. Well, yeah, that's but, it. and okay. I, I know that's cynical, but that is the hard fact of this show. This is that's, that's high the, concept production. They want your dollar. That's, that's it. yeah. That 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 is that, That's the point of Disney. It just so it, happens. to people and sell shit. Yeah, I think it just so happens that because the quality is so high, everybody involved is functioning at their absolute A game because they have to, and what we get then is really good output. Yeah, that's that's the truth of it. it it's the output is a product of the system. Mm. And it has to be good because if it ain't, you're fired. That's as Simple it. as that. We'll get somebody else in and it will be what we want it to be. So, yeah,
1: that's right. Um, the other major villain uh, was Fat Cat, who was um, Aldrin Claudine's um, pet. Mm-hmm. But when Claudine went to jail, um, in the backstory, sort of the, the, the origin story, uh, Fat Cat went off on his own. He was very vain, he was always preening himself and was smoothing out his whiskers. A cat, and, yeah. yeah. Um, had a very nice suit, I think it was purple, I want to say. Yeah. Um, yeah so he was always very well put together, um, he was a, again, a typical super villain, he, had, you know, he always had plans, he always had schemes, most of them were aimed at dogs because he didn't like dogs, he's a cat, yeah. um, so most of the crimes were against dogs, he had four henchmen, I've, I've got them written down because I couldn't, I, I, I could remember two of them, I couldn't remember the other two, so he had Wart, who was, uh, was a lizard, uh, Mole, who was a mole, obviously, um, Meps, who was a thin alley cat, who was a really whiny, sort of nasally voice, mm-hmm. Um, and Snout who was a, a Raf. Um uh, rat, sorry. Um Raf? Yeah, yeah, so I I I'm trying to read ahead. Um yeah, research not my friend this week. Um I haven't it's had like had a half a giraffe. Yeah. yeah, I haven't had a drink for a month, so I'm I'm not functioning properly. Um he was a rat, but we only ever saw sort of brief glimpses of him. He, he yeah. was always have sort of covered up and and so he was he was gone in a flash. Um so you had these um this he no, fat guy was a supervillain. he had his, his his minions or his, his got his henchmen effectively. And he would always send them to do the job, despite the fact they'd always fuck it up. Yeah. A, because you know, that's what super villains that's do. That's what henchmen do. But that's what henchmen are yeah. for. Um, but also, there was, there was also an argument that because he was either so vain or so lazy, he didn't want to get his His, his boss doing it, he didn't want to do it himself. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of portrayal of that in the character, the fact that he was very. You know, and he's cat. Yeah. Nice that's cats. Yeah. Let other people do it. Yeah. And it's was very well realised. Um, but yeah, so they were the two main villains, and then you had a. So you did have a, a rogues gallery. If you go to. Um, wikipedia so i'm not going to read through them all um, but there's a whole list of the um the you had. Um, some of the highlights were rat capone can't remember where they got that name from yeah um but a gangster it had um sidekicks called arnold arnold Mozenegger and sugar ray lizard arnold Mousenegger. yeah and sugar ray lizard that doesn't work on any level no no not that, sure. d- that just does not work um but yeah he's the one who deals on all the illicit cheese and andre's always after yeah um Tried to steal a bunch of gold to make a golden castle, um, and then he was followed by the rescue rangers. You also had sewer de Bergerac, who's an alligator. That, really that was right. <laughs> That's really genius. That's excellent. I remember I was I was doing this in the office yesterday lunchtime, and I was absolutely pissing myself reading this, and people were wondering what I was up to.
0: Sewer nose de bit that. Is- so, that is excellent as yeah, so
1: soon as the drag was an alligator he wanted to be an actor uh, he grew up underneath a the theatre yeah. um, and then you had the Siamese twin gang who were probably the biggest source of complaints for the show because they, they were a very definite Asian stereotype they spoke in very broken English so they had lovely long time accent yeah. they ran a laundromat which was also an illegal casino
0: I mean yeah. uh, we, we've, we've talked with some of these shows about how, how progressive they were at the time even though they're family shows yeah. I mean, some, of, some of these shows were quite progressive. Again, Eisner and Disney, no, <laughs> not
1: so
0: much, not so much, not so much. Um, having said that, as I say, gadget I think as a character is definitely the start of something. It's not the most well developed representation of that character, and yeah. could actually be taken as slightly two dimensional and offensive. But they were, they were trying to do something. Yeah, she wasn't just. A girlfriend, or an object of desire. No, she She, she was, had something to her. Yeah, she would
1: I don't want to say this in a context, but was she, there was a purpose to that character other yes. than just being the candy you know, or the, 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 yeah. the foil. She was She was there, and she played a part as big a part as any of the,
0: the male characters. Yeah. Sometimes even more, I'd say. I, definitely more. She is the absolute backbone of the team. Mm. <laughs> without a shadow that's of right. doubt. So, they would be fucked without her.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think that's probably... A very good person. You didn't see it. You, know, you didn't have um, that in Ducktales. Gummy bears. There was never. There were. was probably a fairly even proportion of male and female characters. Yeah. So you didn't really have it there because there was there was no sort of there was no even any sort of recognition of the fact no. of the issue there. And then um, in Darkwing Duck, you had uh, the niece, didn't you?
0: Yeah. Um, and again, she a very similar sort of role in that show. Yeah. As I say, this is the kind of actually I say this is the start of that but we had Penny in Inspector Gadget as well which I guess is even well it is earlier it, it is earlier um,
1: yeah you're right so that was that's a very good starting point I think Penny's kind of an, an anomaly because it didn't it didn't really go anywhere like, there wasn't anything that followed on from that from that studio from that development from no. that show it kind of no, they, they did that and then it went quiet for a long time and nobody else really picked up the ball and ran with it by the Time you get to these Disney shows where you think, right, well, okay, there are three or four of them. Well, there, are, there are five shows, four of which really are not mm-hmm. have these really empowered, strong female characters who aren't dependent on their yeah. relationship and not there to be defined. Um, that's it, DuckTales notwithstanding. Um, and that was, I say, that ran into then you look at, um, you look at certainly Recess, the female characters in Recess mm-hmm. are a lot stronger than the male characters, yeah. And part of that can be down to the age of the the, the kids who are portraying, the fact that. Girls of that age are generally more confident and a bit more capable and a bit more able to function and not just be thinking of their cocks. Um, but you yeah, know there, there, the was that side of the character But there was also a shift in as much as the groupings were always some when you had mixed groups. It was always the girls who took charge. The girls who led things. Yeah. Um, you had um, Spinelli who was on she was the, she was the tough one. You had um, Gretchen who was the the smart one, yeah. but. They didn't know it, was, it wasn't a case of they were being defined by those, they were, they were kids who were playing, and they just that was the character they that were was them. And, yeah. and then um, it didn't, you could have quite easily had a male character doing those, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a good starting one. I think Disney really ran with it, certainly from a kids' TV point of view. Mm. And then you, you look at the, some of the live shows, they, the um, other the live action shows they went into, um, and things that were even on that, things like, no, other things like iCarly I, I and Victoria's and stuff like that. And the some things that run up to today. A lot of them now have female leads, yeah. Um, And are far more capable than the male equivalents you see in a lot of the male-driven shows. I mean, in in their own shows, the males are kind of uh, portrayed as a bit useless and a bit more dependent. But even in the male-driven shows,
0: the 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 female. I mean, the the natural progression of this, in Disney terms, anyway, is off the back of this of these shows. You get to Kim Possible. Yes. At which point you do have a female-driven action show. Yes. Ten years earlier would have been something like James Bond Junior. Yeah, and it would have been for boys, yeah. very much so. marketed Absolutely. at boys yeah. while girls watched My Little Pony, whereas Kim Possible kind of crossed that gender gap.
1: Yeah, uh, Kim Possible was a hu- it was a huge. I remember when it started. There was a lot of talk about it being this really um, different, really, really sort of
0: uncomfortable show for a lot of people. Mm. Um, I personally think it's brilliant. I loved it. It's a fantastic show. It's one that, time-wise, is probably slightly out of our wheelhouse for this show. I mean, yes. I'm, I'm an adult by the time, or almost an adult, by yeah, the time it's possible, because I
1: think I'm of you know, drinking age by the time Yeah,
0: the time so Yes, so I, I certainly am. Um, but it's something that we may come to. Oh, quite possibly. Because um, it is worthy of discussion, I think. Absolutely. It's an excellent show. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think probably of the ones of that year,
1: it's probably the one that's most grabbed my attention. Yeah, um, but yeah, sorry. Um, but yeah, um, I can't remember how we got on. To that <laughs> uh, Female leads uh, and yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that, yeah. I was talking about the um, the Siamese twin gang and
0: the sort mm. of the, the stereotypes. I mean, even kind of when thing. you go back to a character like Monterey who mm. does nothing for the cultural representation of Australia. <laughs> <But> to, be, <laughs> to be fair, yeah, the, the portrayal of Australians
1: in popular culture was probably Crocodile Dundee. So you know, they didn't really do a lot. Which of is basically
0: past. what Monterey Jack is.
1: Exactly. So mm. I mean, there hadn't. There wasn't really a great deal of affection for
0: Australian culture and American um, no. I mean the only reason he's not a beer swiller is because it's a kitchen that's, yeah. that's why it's cheeses. otherwise he'd be walking around with cans of 4X yeah so that's right yeah you know. Yeah. so um,
1: yeah so on to production um, as I said we talked around about the, the afternoon block um, so um, DuckT- uh, Gummy Bears was already established DuckTales had come out and done really well um, so Disney wanted another three shows so they brought up uh, Chippendale, Tailspin and Double um, Duck and mm-hmm. um, just as a, a really random one. Um, Disney spent $20 million on the production of DuckTales. Wow. Um, so they said, right, okay, we're going uh, to put some money into this block. We're really going to go for it. Yeah. $28 million for Chip and Dale.
0: Jesus. So the production of the, the whole... But stuff it shows. Was, yeah. It shows, as I say, quality out. And even when you watch it now, like, yes, it's, it's aged... Well yeah because it because it's, of the transfer and you know it's if you of age, yeah, it's, it's, if you pick it up on DVD and stuff now that, it's 30 years old yeah yeah, yeah the, you know the transfer is clearly it's video that's been transferred on BBC, so it's age but the quality of the animation the quality of the voice talent it it's, it stands it stands it absolutely stands
1: and you look at some of like the animation that was right the rest of the animation was right at the time if you look at certainly I think early early Simpsons was the year after Chip and Dale mm-hmm. And the money, you can see the difference in the money spent on, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, on those two shows. I mean, as the Simpson crew it became a lot more polished and not slick, and we talked about this last time with Rugrats yeah. as well. That the sort of style of the animation changed and it became a lot cleaner. It was always clean with these Disney shows. Squeaky clean. It was absolutely spot on. And I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't realized the numbers, but you could tell a lot more money was spent on these than yeah. on things like the Simpsons and, and, and Rugrats and that because just because the way they looked. Yeah. Um, and they weren't figures for the other shows but comparatively they would have been very similar they'd have been in the 20 plus million dollars yeah. to produce these shows and again they, I think they all ran about three seasons about 65 to 100 mm-hmm. episodes um, so they, they're, they're all kind of very similar yeah. but it, it, the quality shows yeah absolutely absolutely um, so, uh, and yeah so the, the other fun fact is I like the fact that it was, it was a rescuers
0: spin off and, and then Disney's like nah I don't want that yeah and it which is, became quite possibly the best disney show ever. I, for my money it's not my absolute favorite um that is goof troop which we'll come on to yeah. when we get to goof troop um but of, of this kind of adventure block then so if you include it along with tailspin and ducktales and, and darkwood duck this one is my personal favorite yeah uh, I, I love the others for various reasons ducktales is very close behind it i've yeah. got a, a huge soft spot for DuckTales but Chip and Dale just slightly edges it out for me oh, it, and it, it's the charm of those characters, yeah. for, for it's me, the charm it's, of Chip and Dale. For me it's not
1: even close um, let's say that I mean I, I remember loving the um, all the shows we talk about, well the majority of the shows I talk about I remember very fondly <laughs> some I loved, this one I absolutely adored, I mean to the fact that this point, so I, I drove my parents mad following Chip and Dale on Disney World for three days Yeah. you know it's I didn't do that with Scrooge McDuck. I didn't do yeah. that with Pluto or Mickey Mouse. It was always Chippendale. It was Chippendale, oh. yeah. And because and they were never together, it was always of chips over there, Dale. over there, yeah. And you had to do them both.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, th- for me, obviously, um, as, as we've said, you know, in every episode, you do know all the research for this show, I may watch an episode or two of something. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I fucking started watching Chippendale a week ago on Saturday morning just to prepare for this. I was going to stick a couple of episodes on and I ended up spending all morning just watching Rescue Rangers box set. I could not stop watching it. That's right. One, yes. one thing that held out to me, one, yes, I got the feeling of nostalgia I could get with some of the other shows. Yes. As we said, the quality is still there as well, though. I thoroughly enjoyed every episode. And even though it treads that family line, and there's nothing in there for me to really take out as an adult, every episode had at least one genuine, genuine crack-me-up laughing moment. Yes. Now, it's good, wholesome humour. We're not talking like sly dick jokes or anything like that, yeah. but genuinely funny. And again, it's the quality of that writing team and the quality of that voice cast and those characters. I yeah. can just pull that off. Yeah. It's, I, I got one genuine laugh out of every single episode and that's more than most modern TV shows can get out yeah, of me. that's right. So, for me, that is the highest recommendation I could give it. I've thoroughly enjoyed re-watching it. I've still got plenty of discs to go as well in the set that I bought so I will watch more I'll carry on watching it
1: yeah Honestly, I mean I, I um, didn't go to Texas I didn't go and buy them but I just I found a couple of um they they were on Amazon Prime, they were on Netflix, and then they got when Disney took everything off everywhere and just, um, put them all on Disney Life. They all wind up on there, so I didn't have to take a free subscription to that for a, a week. And yeah, it. I'm
0: considering doing Disney
1: Life yeah, half, I'm free. They're just half the price as well. It was eight quid. Now it's down to four. See, the
0: so problem five. is, I already own all of the features. So yeah. it's what else is on there? But it's it's all the shows and like all the car, all yeah. the
1: old cartoons. Everything's on
0: there. May have to um, you, but if you don't have Disney Light, yeah, it? It's it's out there. This it's show's out is there. available. It's, um, I picked season one up for five pound. If you're in the UK, like yeah, five quid, it is worth at least three times that. Yeah, it's
1: it's cheap, when you consider you know, the I think the DVD recently we had in this country. I think the first one is twenty episodes. The second one's twenty four or twenty five. Yeah. So no, it's you're getting
0: effectively half of it. Yeah. For, now for the, a fiver. The, the quality on this DVD is abysmal. The transfer is shocking. But so measure the, your expectation. Yeah,
1: but I mean, I think you're always going to get that because I mean, unless Disney are going to pay to go
0: out and say, right, okay, we're going to remaster everything. That's and this lot, is the problem. It's that's a problem, lot to yeah. remaster. It's because it hasn't been remastered. Um, luckily, I'm I'm techy enough to realise this. But um, if you don't, if you don't alter the scan rate on your DVD player, it's actually painful to watch mm. because it does deinterlace and it's fucking hurts your eyes it really hurts your eyes to watch it so yeah just just go with your, you're paying 5 quid for it be prepared yeah
1: basically um, or go to YouTube where slightly less legal versions are there but it doesn't do the same damage to your head
0: no I know it's Disney I know it's a megacorp but still people need paying oh so absolutely yeah pay money for this shit yeah I, 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 I'd, always, I'd
1: always advocate buying shit over downloading shit legally yeah. but if you are that way inclined at least, yeah. at least go to YouTube somebody's getting paid from the ads.
0: Yeah, um, not anybody involved with the show but somebody
1: yeah, most of them are dead anyway uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's a 30 year old show it's fine um, but yeah so I suppose that, I mean we've talked, talked about the DVD release the DVD's re- bleh, 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 bleh. the DVD's released here um, in 2008 and 2012 so there's a big gap between the first volume and the second volume um, but every episode is available mm-hmm. um, they were on things like Netflix and Amazon um, they're now on Disney Life they're be on other places I don't know I haven't looked. Um but for me, definitely worth going out and finding again. The the couple I rewatched, um I basically went out and, and got Rescue Rangers to the Rescue and mm-hmm. watched watched through that, which no, that was five episodes, but it was it was a you know it was a good one yeah. to go from. Um definitely worth the rewatch. Um did stir up a lot of some sort of fond memories and especially of running around Disney World in the rain on Christmas Day. Yeah. <laughs> um looking for Chip and Dale. Um but yeah, man, I'd I'd absolutely recommend it to anybody.
0: Yeah, I, I can't recommend it sure enough. I really can't. Um as I say, I personally ended up binge-watching it. There is no overarching storyline that's going to compel you to watch the next episode, but it's just genuinely a good time. It's just fun. It's a fun show. Yeah, it is. And it feels, even now, It's it feels familiar to me when I put it on. So if you have that baggage going, it. if you do fondly remember it, you'll absolutely have a ball. Yeah. And if you didn't, the quality is there, I mean I envy you if you're watching it for the first time yeah, definitely. to discover this for the first time now so yeah I absolutely recommend going and picking this up alright so uh, to,
1: just to wind up then um, if you like the show if you want to hear some more uh, go to our website it's ddpodcast.net you can find us on iTunes we are SMPD we're on Facebook as the Double Down Podcast Network we've got our old episodes we've got some other shows on there which are absolutely fantastic um, there's some exclusive episodes of our other shows which you can only find on the website um, but until next time
0: Rescue Rangers away!